My heart skipped not one, but two beats when I read this question from Karina C. She asked, I struggle with differentiating. I have some advanced fourth graders and others at a kindergarten level. How can I better differentiate to reach all of my students? Differentiation is the solution, but in reality, it is really tough. However, today I'm going to get down and dirty with differentiation and what I found that was helpful when I was in these same situations, which I will tell you was often. If you share similar struggles or just want some new ideas with differentiating for your students, I can't wait to dive into all things differentiation inside the show. See you in there. You are listening to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. Learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. With a passion for literacy and supporting teachers, here's your host, Megan Polk from Miss P's Style. You are listening to The Literacy Dive podcast. Welcome back if you are a regular And I am so thrilled you are tuning in if this is your first time. I eat, sleep, and breathe literacy, and I love getting to share tips, strategies, and activities with teachers around the world. It feels so great diving back into your Q&As. I loved having Jamie and Sarah on the show the last two weeks, but here we are getting back to the questions, and I cannot believe it is already July. Today, I am specifically addressing differentiation. Karina's question hits home like no other. Year after year, I would check my class roster and could quickly scan and see that I would have my work cut out for me. In an ideal world, all kids would be on the same level and I could focus on teaching the standards of the week. Everyone would understand it and we would move on to the next concept. But this world is far from perfect, my friend. We have zero control of what types of students and learning challenges come through our door. But one thing that remains true is that they are our responsibility to nurture and to teach. So we are now in a classroom filled with advanced fourth graders, fourth graders on a kindergarten level, and a mixture of in-between. How do we reach them all? Each student works at a different pace for many different reasons. This is why differentiated instruction is so super important. Differentiating instruction meets the needs of each individual student. Okay, so to begin, you have to figure out what your students know so that you can better help them learn. Whatever method that is that you use, it could be a quick exit or entry ticket, it could be a pre-assessment, it could be an informal observation of some sort. Whatever it is that you use, it is helpful to know what you're working with in order to better serve each student that you have in your class. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. Figuring out who knows what is not the hard part. Once you have that data, the challenging part begins. Now, although this can be daunting, it is necessary. You have to create different lessons and activities to meet each student's level, interest, and learning style. 
For instance, one student might struggle with fact and opinion while another student has mastered it. So for the first student, you will have to teach explicit attributes of the two. You're going to have to cover keywords. You're going to have to model several examples, pull from different texts in order to show that skill. The child who has mastered that concept is ready to dive into a variety of texts and find examples on their own, or they can begin to produce their own examples showing that they understand that skill or that strategy. They're going to come up with unique examples, and that's going to demonstrate their understanding. Both of these students can achieve success on their own terms and based on their own goals. Then it's going to be important to assess each student's growth. Assessments can be created to see if the first student is now able to identify fact versus opinion. Can the other student successfully find examples and generate unique sentences that are facts and opinions? If either of those students found success with their goal, they have indeed learned something. And the beautiful thing about differentiation is that students and teachers can constantly celebrate success of growth no matter their academic level or individual strengths. So here is the big wondering, I bet. Great. I know what differentiation means, but how do I implement this in the classroom when kids truly are grade levels of learning apart? I honestly love this general wondering because this can be done in several ways. I am going to share some beginning steps with implementing differentiation into the classroom, and I will try to break it into four different parts. The key areas I'm going to dive into are intentional grouping, varying the amounts of time, altering the learning tasks, and then offering support. Okay, we're going to start with grouping. Grouping students intentionally by ability level, interest, or intermingled ability levels helps both the teachers and the students tremendously. When students work in groups, teachers can work one-on-one with each group and give very direct instruction to each group based on their needs. This is where you can target the foundational skills that are lacked with the fourth grade students who are on a lower level. You can have a closer insight on misconceptions and you can see exactly what those students are missing that is keeping them from progressing. But there is one thing that I want to touch on really, really quick. Now, when we are given a group of students, our goal is to grow them by a year. A fourth grader should learn the standards and skills that will promote them to fifth grade. So with these lower students, if they're entering your classroom on a kindergarten level, your goal should be to grow them by one to two years, which may land them on a first or second grade level. Now, like any teacher or student, you should be striving for more. So if they are grasping all of the skills that you're trying to teach them, you should definitely continue them on. So it's great to shoot for more, especially if those students are making the adequate growth that you are looking for. But you have to realize that if they have grown by a grade level or two, even if they have not made it to the fourth grade level standards, you have still done an amazing job of teaching and serving those students well. And that should be celebrated. So grouping by ability is definitely something you would want to focus on. I remember distinctly to a couple of school years ago where it felt like 
All of my teaching was in small groups. I would literally teach my mini lesson to the whole group with modeled instruction, examples, and guidance, and then I would instantly target my students in smaller groups. I used centers in fourth grade, and I would be one of the centers on that rotation board. And this really helped me to embed the time that was definitely needed in order to differentiate for my students and add that differentiation piece into my day. So no matter if you're tackling reading or writing, center rotations can serve you really well. Now, intermingled groups allow for collaboration between students, so students with a better understanding of the content, like main idea or editing, can help their peers who need the extra guidance. Now, I love this type of grouping because this is also great for your advanced students who I oftentimes feel like get brushed under the rug because we are trying to care for the students who come to us below grade level. But these students who are advanced, they get the opportunity to show what they know. Now, what I mean is it is one thing to know the information, but it's a higher level skill to actually be able to teach it or to find something that is wrong and to help fix it. These types of groups can function a bit more independently, but any time I could use other students as leaders or teachers of a small group, I absolutely would. So if you have students in your class that you can identify as strong, advanced students, this is a great opportunity to enhance their levels and their skills by helping some of those kids who need that support in a small group. Now we're going to jump into varying time. And what I mean by this is varying the amount of time can be such an excellent alternative to grouping. You may have experienced that some students can breeze right through an assignment or an activity while others need more time, like a lot more time. I can't be the only one who has experienced this before. So one easy to implement strategy for this is using a task list. Now I found that giving students a task list allows them to move at their own pace. I would differentiate the list for different students. So my advanced students could handle more examples and more tasks, and my students who performed below grade level needed fewer tasks and more direct instruction to make those concepts concrete. Now, my advanced learners may have to write three, four, or five reading responses for the week, where my lower students are required to write two. This allows a child to work across two days to accomplish the task where the other child can manage responding to their text daily. The end result is that there's a response written. I am aware of the time that it may take certain learners, so I factor that into their specific task list. I found quickly that requiring the same outcome from every student was not realistic for my groups of learners. I knew my lower achieving students had to combat so much with feeling behind, not catching on to skills quickly, their confidence fading. So I definitely did not want them to work on a composition or reading a book for an extended period of time when sentence structure was a struggle, when basic sight words were not mastered, and that just made it challenging to read and to comprehend a text. I love to use bite-sized approaches to teaching concepts, as it genuinely is healthy for every single student to digest 
but mostly it protects my students who come to me three grade levels below. This also made me value the use of bite-sized approaches to time. Using a task list allowed for self-pacing and no child ever felt behind because their tasks were manageable. The sense of accomplishment grows confidence and the confidence piece is big. When students feel more confident, you're going to see that they will begin improving at a quicker rate. Along with time comes tasks. So this is where we're at altering and changing up the tasks. Changing the task can be as simple as altering the depth of how much you want a student to show or give you. Changing the task might look more like allowing students to choose the type of final outcome, like a project. Options are always a great way to keep students engaged and to inspire creativity, but also to differentiate. And I honestly do not think that teachers feel like the different options are differentiation. I had a special education student in my class who loved art. Writing was a challenge for him, but he was very expressive when it came to art. When teaching summary, I took this into account. I told my students that they were to show me their clear understanding of summary by using their guided reading book, my read aloud, or a text from their independent reading bag. Right there, it provided a choice for students. Something I read, something we read together, or something they are reading independently. A summary is about a recount of events, ensuring that details of events from beginning, middle, and end are present. I really don't care what book they use, but giving choice will help students when completing that task. I always made it a practice to model the different ways that students could share what happened. This could be writing in paragraph form with sentences. This could be using a graphic organizer and filling out sticky notes of the beginning, the middle, and ending. It could be illustrating and labeling the parts of that story, or it can be illustrating and orally retelling the key events. So guess what my special education student chose? He chose to illustrate the beginning, middle, and end, and he wrote simple sentences about each key event. If I had have made every student write a paragraph because that's what fourth graders do, he would have not exceeded. And I would have missed that he did understand the concept on a general level if I did not allow my students to choose how they showed their knowledge. And this makes me think about another one of my students. One of my students, she loved illustrating and she did an oral retell of her key events. Writing was super hard for her. And although she knew it would be a goal for her to write sentences, for sharing a summary, her oral recount let me know that she understood the skill and that she found success accomplishing the task, and that boosted her motivation. So for me, it was important that I knew that my students understood what these skills were, even if they were performing at different rates. But here's the thing, even my advanced learners enjoyed art, so allowing differentiation in the way students can present their knowledge to you will be a game changer. I always encourage those who can go above and beyond to do so. So for my advanced learners, they can illustrate the scenes, but on an index card, they can vividly describe what was occurring to create an in-depth summary. 
But choice will be key when working with varying levels. Because there are choices, no one student will single someone out for drawing to mean that they cannot write. It is a choice offered and that is their preferred method. That's it. So later, that child would be able to add the sentences and we could work on sentence structure together, but at least for that skill, in that particular day, in that particular moment, all students could accomplish the task and feel success. The final area I'm going to dig into is the support piece. The biggest way I feel that teachers can differentiate for their students is through scaffolds and support. It's important to recognize that scaffolds are not a crutch for students. As students no longer need the support, they will not turn to them. But as long as a student needs the support, they will have assistance right at their disposal to get them started. My hands down favorite support to students are to use anchor charts with think questions and also using sentence stems. The think questions provide a level of getting into their brains to tell them what they should be thinking about when it comes to that skill or strategy. Anchor charts are amazing tools for reminders or for general reference. It teaches them the life skill to search for help if something is unclear. I find that many of my students did know information, but they had a hard time getting started when it came to responding. So sentence stems were perfect scaffolds to get their response or their composition started, and everything that followed was their own ideas and their own unique details. But here's the thing. Those sentence stems that I would use to support my lower achieving students were also great for my advanced learners to add variety and to add new vocabulary within their sentence structures, and that transferred to their oral responses too. So the sentence stems were never shown to be used just for kids that need extra support or for kids that don't know how to do it. My advanced learners loved using them so that they could have variety and depth in their own responses. So when it comes to differentiation, especially when you have students on grade level and students severely below grade level, the way that you can get started is to think about the different types of groupings that you can create in your classroom by thinking about varying the time that you are setting for different tasks by altering the tasks and changing it up for different students, and then also by delivering support for all students. In the show notes, I'm going to leave some of my go-to sentence stem resources and also some think question resources that I love using with my students. If I caught your attention with sentence stems, I also have a podcast episode all about using sentence stems, and I would encourage you to check out episode 15 if you are interested in learning more of how and why I use this method when teaching, especially to differentiate from my students. That support piece is key when differentiating for our students. So Karina, this was such a great question, and I know one that so many teachers wonder about and experience on the daily, so thank you so much for asking this question on my Instagram question box. Do you have a question about literacy instruction or supporting your students? I would like to invite you to send me a DM on Instagram and ask it. On an upcoming episode, I would love to answer your literacy questions. 
If you are not a follower of this podcast yet, I would encourage you to hit the button so that you can follow along and never miss an upcoming Q&A, general episode, or guest episode. I would be so grateful if you would rate and leave a review while you're at it. It is always helpful for other teachers to read feedback about this show and to know what we talk about on here. I will be back next week to answer another burning question, and I cannot wait to chat with you then. Thank you for listening to The Literacy Dive. If you would like to connect with Megan, you can find her on Instagram at Miss Peace Style. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes of The Literacy Dive. Until next time.